Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Max Babiner. He's the inventor of Triple Bristle. I got to tell you, I love getting startup founders on the podcast. He's somebody who has seen a need in the oral hygiene world. You got to go to triplebristle.com to find out more about this product. And I tell you, once you see it, it's going to click and you're going to say, wow, why didn't someone else think of that before now? I love what Max is doing. He has some really great insights in the startup world and also the business world. You're going to love this story. Check out this episode, here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Sitting down with Max Babiner today, he's the COO of Triple Bristle that is changing the face, or maybe I should say it's changing the oral hygiene of people all across the world. Uh, he's the inventor of the three-sided toothbrush. And here's the deal. You need to go to triplebristle.com because describing it does not do it justice. But once you see it, you're going to be like, oh, oh my gosh, this makes total sense. Max, it's great to have you on the podcast today. You as well. I mean, I'm really excited to, to be here and share about three-sided sonic vibration uh, brushing. It's uh, once people try it, it's, you know, really changed their life. And that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to kind of spread the message and share with everybody, um, you know, all the things that have gone so far to kind of get us here um, in this period where we're scaling and really bringing it to everybody. Well, Max, it's going to be exciting to hear your startup story, especially, you know, it feels like people, so many people have so many ideas, like the ideation part of, of, um, like that next entrepreneurial venture. Everyone loves to sit and think about that next big idea. You've actually taken the idea. You're, I know you guys either patent it or you're patenting it right now. And you're building something, you're doing something, like you just said, you're scaling it. So you're, you're doing what many people hope to be doing. So I'm excited to really dig into uh, that story of yours. Now, uh, tell me something, where are you calling in from? I'm out of Philly. I live like right downtown with my 17 month old twins. Oh my So uh, I love the Northeast. I'm kind of a fast talking, fast paced guy. I don't think I could survive in like South part of the u.s or cali or anything like that <laughs> well i'm in the south and so who knows man i you know you never know what's going on down here um That's i true. will say you gotta you gotta settle something for me though because i went to philly and you know obviously this is so this is like the tourist who goes to new york and has to go to times square but so i went to philly and i was like i gotta get a philly cheesesteak you know i gotta i gotta try the authentic goodness and my friend from the Northeast was giving me a hard time because he was like, dude, you can't, you can't do that. That's too, it's too cliche. It's too touristy. You got to just let it natural. You can't seek out the Philly cheesesteak. I need you to settle this. Am I allowed to go get a Philly cheesesteak without it being overly touristy? Or is that something only touristy? As long as you don't talk about it, it has to be okay. a secret. <laughs> and uh, the only way it's acceptable is like, you know, late night when it's like 3 a.m., 
and nothing oh, yeah. else is open and you've had a few drinks yeah, yeah. and you go get a Pat's or Gina's cheesesteak, then it's like the stereotypical Philly thing. See, but for the record, the best cheesesteak is actually a place called Cleaver's. Okay. Um, you know, it's not the, it's not the ones that everybody talks about. Okay. Well, uh, you know, maybe a future podcast episode, I need to have it sponsored by them because we're, you know, I, I, yeah, I'll I bring like every cheesesteak there is and you can try <laughs> it and right on air and just eat it and people can watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I'm excited to get you on. Um, let's, let's just dive right in. I, let, maybe a good way to start. And, and by the way, for the listeners, the way Max and I met each other, this is through our um, PodMax event. Every couple of months, we jump on PodMax. It's an awesome online uh, platform where entrepreneurs and business owners get together. They share their... It's, it's, like the, it's like the world's greatest virtual networking event. You can find out more at podmax.co. So Max and I have met through that. Uh, Max, I'd love just to go ahead and jump into your startup story. Talk to me a little bit. Maybe a good place to start would be um, really how this idea for the three-sided toothbrush came about. Yeah, I mean, I was I was younger uh, before I went to dental school. I was selling toothbrushes online, uh, right? You know, like early two thousand, like two thousand one, and I was selling kind of Oral-B's, Sonicare's. And I started, you know, a few years in, I started importing toothbrushes. I saw some early, like, three-sided brushing uh, concepts. And I was like, oh, this is this is the obvious choice. And then I, I reached out to some factories and I said, well, you know, I'd really like a three-sided toothbrush that, that's connected to a sonic vibration base. And they were like, nope, never going to happen. You know, manufacturers, they just care about if they can sell something, how many units they're going to produce. So they just didn't see a market. So I reached out to some engineers. I finally found one out of Germany that was like, oh, this is like an easy project. Um, it didn't turn out that easy. But, you know, after another few engineers, we, uh, we, we got the whole process going. And I manufactured like a thousand units and I loved them. I gave them to some of my friends and family. Um, one I gave to my mom and her gum disease kind of went away. And that's when I was like, huh, um, I did patent it. And um, I didn't really start selling them in bulk until I, we received the patent. And, um, you know, I, I, I tried to sell it online myself, but, you know, I'm a dentist and the, the platform for e-commerce changed dramatically from 2001. Like I was the first person doing Google AdWords, mm. um, you know, and, and once I kind of came back into the thing, this was like 2012, 13, when I tried to go back in, I was like, wow, like, I'm way out of my league here. So as a weird serendipitous event, um, I was looking for a Google AdWords guy and the guy goes, super honest guy, he's actually works with us now, but he goes, you know, I could do your Google ads, but what you really need is to talk to my um, one of my friends and, uh, he's an Amazon super seller or a power seller. And he sells like 700 units of stuff a day. So I, I talked to him, his name's Brock. He's out of the South Tennessee. And, uh, we started a partnership. He got 30% of the company. Um, first year we sold like 200,000 worth. Next year we sold like a million's worth. Um, then we raised a little capital. Uh, 
we figured out how to kind of scale using Facebook ads and Amazon, mm-hmm. things like that. And then uh, once we uh, really got going this year, we're 3 million year to date. Um, the success really is is just because there's enough people that love the brush and kind of have changed the way that they look at toothbrushing. The big thing, of course, is they try it, they go to their dentist and, you know, the dentist's like, what have you been doing differently? You know, your gums have never looked this good. And that's kind of when people become lifelong users. Mm-hmm. You know, initially they're like, this is kind of weird. It might tickle. You want me to put that where, you know, that's like the initial response most people say, but then they try it, they give it a few days and then it's like their gums stop bleeding. Mm-hmm. Well, when it's interesting when you think about this, because um, it feels like, I don't want to say like the dental, like the toothbrush product hasn't changed much. Uh, obviously it has, obviously they've innovated. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like um, when you're not in the industry as just a regular consumer, you just, you see a toothbrush and you're like, oh, that's a toothbrush. Uh, but so when you look at your product and I'm on, I'm on, for the listeners, I'm on triplebristle.com. That's triple B-R-I-T excuse me, B-R-I-S-T-L-E.com, hard to spell today. Um, the first look at it, there is this sort of sense of, huh, because it's it's probably the most marked uh, visual innovation that someone may not be accustomed to in, the, in, in their dental world. And so at the same time, it's also kind of interesting because like, as, as I'm looking at pictures, you know, I'm seeing pictures of it on the tooth and I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes... It's almost like, I wonder why this hasn't been thought of before, because, you know, like you and I were talking about before I hit record, you know, there are three sides to the toothbrush or five sides or whatever. You know, there's three, there's, there's more than just the top side that you're brushing at any given time. Um, tell me something, as you were creating this idea, did you have people who were like, like, I know you mentioned the, 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 um, the, um, the factories or the, the, the places that were like, eh, we don't really want to do that. It's not really profitable. Did you have people who were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, just stick to the normal toothbrush. Like, what's like, why are you trying to create this? Like, how did you, like, what was that process like early on for the business? You know, I did it so slowly. I didn't like just jump in feet first because I'm like a pretty risk averse person. Um, and I just, I didn't want to do anything where, I was going to spend a bunch of money just to have products. Cause like I said, I, I did sell toothbrushes before. I did get into a, a scenario a few times where like I had stuff sitting and, you know, collecting dust for two years. And that, that's the worst case scenario. Like inventory that doesn't move mm. is you don't want to be there. Cause it's just, you know, um, and the initial round of, of people using it and trying, I only made like a thousand units in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, most of the feedback was positive and, and, and then I, you know, I finally got the patents approved. And at that point I was like, well, you know, it's not as risky anymore mm-hmm. because it's not just me loving a toothbrush. I have feedback from, you know, consumer base of different demographics and it seems to work. Like my mom's gum disease went away. So I thought, you know, it's definitely at least worth a shot. Now, I never imagined that it would eclipse my dental office in, in terms of revenue. Um, but, you know, I'll tell you, it's like, even now, like, I, the main thing that scares me is like, I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm super passionate about this because I know that this is kind of one of the biggest needs out there. You know, I know that oral hygiene is a huge uh, problem for so many kids and the largest, you know, the biggest um, disease in the world is dental caries, you know, you know, uh, cavities. Mm. So uh, I know this is a needed thing. It's just, you know, how do we communicate to the masses who are used to this flat, you know, regular toothbrush that what they need is something that, you know, envelops their tooth and vibrates like crazy. You know, that's what they need. You know, how do I, how do I explain it? That's been the biggest challenge. And that's kind of what we've been working on is creating a customer experience around three-sided brushing. So talk to me about how did you, like how, you said it yourself a second ago that you didn't really anticipate this eclipsing uh, the revenue of your own dental practice. Um, how have you, because something that's really common in the entrepreneurial world or the startup world is someone's jazzed about an idea. And as they start to put legs behind it and they start to see the momentum building, they're kind of like, oh my gosh, this isn't just, this isn't just an idea. This actually has some steam that could end up being very profitable. And one of the biggest challenges is, do I quit my day job? Do I jump full into this thing? And there's a lot of debate around, there's a lot of dialogue around it. You know, people who will say, you know, stay in that other job for security as long as possible. And then you have other people who are like, um, and I'm kind of teasing them a little bit, but they're like, you know, don't have a fear-based mindset. You know, you need to quit and just jump in full force. Uh, and it, hopefully it goes somewhere. Sometimes it doesn't. How have you balanced building this brand with running your own business? And obviously they complement each other a little bit, but they're two separate entities. Obviously your, your, the goals are a little bit different. What does that look like building this startup while also managing your full-time career? Well, I think in my case, um, one of the things I did very early on, and, and this is something I do in my dental office too, you will never kind of get to scale unless you delegate almost everything. So, you know, in, in the triple bristle sphere, I, I mean, I, I still do a, a, a lot of work. Most of the work I do is product development, quality control, you know, talk about the brand. But there's like a 16-person team behind me in uh, the triple bristle world. And those guys are all full-time. And they're all incredible. I mean, none of that would be even remotely possible, what we're doing now without this amazing team. I think being a dentist and being in that world, I think that's good because Max, I think I'm I think I just lost your audio for a second. But there's no like person standing behind it that's like, you know somebody that's like at the top of the industry knowledge. Um, but, you know, in the office, I have like a 13 person team. So that all I have to do is like come in and practice and leave. And in triple bristle, we have a 16 person team where everything's kind of done and I'm there to do the high level strategy and just make sure we're, we stay on track and, you know, don't run out of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> What what that, that's been the big challenge, yeah. What what keeps leaders from because I think you're spot on that delegation piece is so crucial for anyone wanting to grow their business, and yet it is so hard for a leader to do that. 
Um, how, how have you built trust with your team? How about you? I mean, is this something that's always been part of your nature of allowing them to do what they are able to do? Um, like, I'm curious how you've sort of denied uh, that own sense of ego control. You know, this is my baby. I got to have every hand in every pot or every jar. Um, how have you gotten to the point where you can just so easily, I trust them, I delegate to them, I let them do what they're great at. Cause, cause you're talking about, and you said it yourself, this high level strategic thinking, it's hard for business owners, I think, to transition to that because they are so obsessively involved in the day to day. Has that been second nature? Is that something you've grown? I mean, what is, what does that look like for you? It's something that that's happened to me as I got older. Um, I just found that at a certain point, unless, you know, once something grows to a certain level, it's much bigger than, than yourself. Um, you know, I'm like a small piece of this puzzle. That's really, you know, that's really what it comes down to. And at the end of the day, you know, like the, the beautiful thing of having a corporation is like that thing is its own entity. You know, and there's people driving, driving and driving behind it. In most cases, I'm just looking to see where I can be most helpful. But, you know, anybody that thinks that they're going to be able to, um, you know, grow something super big uh, without pr- pretty much giving away control of everything, they, they just, it's just not realistic because once you hit, you know, I would say, I'd say once we hit like one and a half million, we were like, oh my God, like we need a logistics person because we didn't even realize we were running out of inventory until it was way too late. <laughs> and we had these like moments where it's like a month or two where it's like, we didn't, we didn't have any toothbrushes to sell because we didn't calculate the sales velocity. And, um, you know, we, the person that does it now is the postmaster for Guam. You know, in Guam, that sounds super random, but it's like, it's one of those territories where if you want to ship to Japan from the US, everything goes through Guam. So, I mean, the volume that he saw was far more than anything we would ever do with Triple Bristol. Um, so, you know, now that he's on, we no longer run out of stock. And we didn't have strong financials. We had like a bookkeeping type position but we didn't really have a CFO. We didn't have a financial model. And I didn't even know I needed that until I talked to an investor and he's like, where's your model? And I'm like, where's your, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, how do you know where you're going and like what you're going to sell? And I was like, well, you know, we just chug along and see what we're selling. (laughs) Uh, And he's like, well, that's, you know, I'm not going to invest in your business until I see a model. And so, you know, we got this. And then now that we have him, I was like, oh my God, how, how did we ever operate without this guy? Like, this is, you know, this is lunacy to, to think that you can do this without like some level of strategy and some level of assumptions. Uh, and, and that guy's instrumental. He's like, what are you guys doing? Like, you can't be doing this. Like, look at where your cash flows will be in three months. And then we're like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. We should probably think about that now. So it, it's all kind of been a big learning experience for me. But your point of delegating is critical. I mean, you have to have you know, the right people in the right place. And the one thing about me, it's part of my personality. I don't second guess people and I like let them do what they do. Like my office manager 
in my dental office, like she does everything. She hires everybody. She monitors stuff. She makes sure the billing goes wrong. She makes sure everything's fully staffed. Um, I come in like an employee in there. Mm. Um, similar here, you know, everything's done. We have a full-time tech team, business development, marketing team, uh, financial team. And I'm like trying to, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together, figure out where, you know, how do we get to the next place? The one thing I'll say is like retail and service is so different. So I have those two spheres and they're like, nothing is similar about them. You know, there's no inventory costs like in dentistry. And with, with this, that's the largest cost, you know, for the holiday season, we're like stocking up like crazy. Um, and because there's a three month lead time, it's like, you need to have the cash now for the stuff you're going to sell in three months. And then once you sell that stuff, you're going to need double the stuff again. And you're going to need more cash for that. Plus the, you know, you subtract the revenues you're going to get. So it gets crazy. Um, <laughs> once you kind of get to that sophisticated level of, you know, 3 million plus in revenue and, and we're not profitable. I mean, 3 million sounds like an amazing you know, figure. But we have a subscription program. We're doing all this marketing. We're like growing. We're we're more focused on saturating the market and delivering three sided brushing than we are. You know, I make no money from Triple Bristol. Um, personally, you know, I take no income. Uh, the team does, but you know, not me. And the, the part of that is, you know, it's a greater vision. It's it's much bigger than myself. This is an important thing to do because if I don't do it, we're going to be stuck on flat brushes, you know, forever. Um, so that keeps me going. Well, and it's amazing hearing your humility as a leader, because it's, it's just, it's just uncommon for, cause, cause let's, let's chart this path a little bit for a second here. We're talking about, you know, you're, you're mentioning selling toothbrushes all the way back to, uh, the turn of the 2000 year. I mean, let's think about how long, I mean, this was almost 20 years ago. So, and then being in dental school and becoming a dentist, I mean, obviously you love toothbrushes. So there's probably not anyone that you know, who's more qualified to be invested in this idea than you. And to hear you talk about taking it from not just an idea to an actual working business, to a validated business that's bringing in, you know, like you said, $3 million annually. And then for you to say, hey, it's not about me, you know, it's bigger than me. That's an incredibly humble thing to say. And I, it's, it's especially uncommon. Uh, I don't have a question with that. I'm just, I'm just a bit surprised only because it feels like that, that ability to let go of your own, um, you know, again, your own ego, uh, thinking of you at the center of it. It, it, I think it's harder than people make it seem. And I think it's especially pretty rare. So credit to you for making that the DNA of your business. Thanks. I, I think that's just part of my personality. I was never like a take control guy. I'm always like the like relatively chill, see what happens guy. Sure. Um, sure. It, but, you know, I'll say it, I'll say this to anybody that's like in the beginning stages, like, Definitely make sure that whatever you're pursuing is something you would be doing whether you get paid or not. Um, I would say that, like, if you're doing it to, you know, make an income or like cash out big as an exit, it's just it's just not how it works. 
Um, and this is something I learned, like when I started, I kind of thought about it like, oh, you know, like I'm going to grow this business and stuff. Like nobody wants to buy like just a business, you know, they want to buy something really cool that you built. Um, like, for example, one of the things we're doing is, you know, we, we partnered with a special needs dentist. So now one of our big pushes is, you know, something called dental desensitization, where for special needs individuals, they practice for the dental appointment before actually going to the dentist, and it helps them have a more successful appointment. So they may not need to get general anesthesia for like their cleaning and dental stuff. Um, and then there's a little toolkit where like parents or caregivers can brush their teeth and floss and do all the stuff, stuff that's really difficult normally for them. Um, and, you know, that's like a, something worth pursuing and three-sided brushing just generally fits this population really well. So there's a, there's a certain level of like legacy you have to kind of put into your business about like your big why, because, you know, I was, I started this in 2014. It is now 2020, almost 2021. And like I said, like there's no income for me coming in, but I work almost as much, if not more on this than, you know, in my dental practice. So there's something bigger than me and bigger than everybody, like a global idea that's driving this. And that's what kind of keeps me going and, um, you know, making sure that I spend time on it. That's my biggest advice is. Don't expect money out of it. Do something really awesome that matters. Um, and then naturally, once you have something incredible that everybody loves and is excited about, that's when people want to acquire you because you know, you've built something great in them, yourself or anything. And that they were not able to do it themselves. You know? Well, I think I think there's <clears throat> there's two types of people who are listening to the piece of advice you just gave. I think there's the the seasoned entrepreneur or the uh, startup founder, whoever who's listening to you, and they're saying, "Yep, retweet exactly. That's so true." And then you have the maybe person who is the they're a brand new entrepreneur or they're a wantrepreneur. You know, they they love the idea of entrepreneurship, and they are incredibly discouraged by what you just said, only because. And I'd love to get your take on this. Today's entrepreneurial um, rhetoric, what you see on social media, what you see on Facebook, what you see on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever, it, it isn't this portrayal you just gave of you know now about to be seven years deep in this journey and still not taking a paycheck from it. What, what gets presented online and digitally, and it's what a lot of these new entrepreneurs get really jazzed about, is this from idea to insane profitability in only six months or in only, you know, I saw one that was like from zero to seven figures in 90 days. And I, I mean, I, whoever can do that, I am like so impressed <laughs> and like, it's just, you know what, like everybody I've spoken to and like even like the seasoned founders that have had an exit, like it's just not that fast. Typically, it's just not that fast. Of course, there are the unicorns and like the amazing 0.0000000001%. But like the ones that truly make it and do it, like it's going to take at least five years. It's going to take a huge chunk of your life. Mm -hmm. There's a big chance, 95%, that 
that it will never work out. And like when it does work out, it's because there's so much grit and crazy risk taking that that only happens when you believe that what you're doing is worth this personal risk. Like as an example, right now to get this inventory, um, you know, we don't really want anybody sitting on our board and ruining what we've done. So I didn't, we have not pursued like the massive venture capital, but you know, we have a predictable sales flow and we've got everything, but in order to get all this inventory, you know, we're, we're taking on like close to seven, 800,000 debt for the business. Now, a lot of it is tied with a personal guarantee. So if there's a crash and burn, you know, I am on the hook. Like I would literally be risking like my family's money, you know, and I have twins. So it's like, they're young kids. So it's, there's a certain level of like risk there where like, or you know what, I'm going for it. We're five years in things, but they're so risky, you know? So it's like, it has to be driven by a deep ideal you're pursuing. Otherwise, you're like, ah, oh, this risk isn't worth it. And then, you know, the company will never grow. And without the growth, it's already dead. Mm. Well, and there's nothing, there's nothing sexy about what you just said in the sense of, you know, grit and grind for five years plus. I heard a guy who gave a similar statistic. He's out of Beverly Hills and runs, actually runs a dental practice over there. And he said, yeah, it's about five years to become, to actually grow this thing. But for me, it took 10 years. And so when people hear that number, they're like, well, geez, five to 10 years, that, that's a stark difference from, you know, again, zero to seven figures in 90 days. And it, it almost makes me wonder really where this goes long-term for the entrepreneurial world, uh, because what, what's getting clicks isn't the story that you just told of, I've been grinding seven years and it's obviously really exciting. It's pretty incredible. What, what gets clicks is, you know, uh, do you want to create the next Amazon? Here's how you can do it in the next 30 days. You know, and it's kind of like, it's disingenuous, but the, the, the naive entrepreneur almost doesn't know any better. Um, and I, they're going to find out. I mean, once they start it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you find out, like I've had, you know, I've done several like small ventures, like that were all myself with like maybe a one or two person team that just didn't work out. They just like fizzled out and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the only one where it's kind of remained. And I think the main reason is I had a really good partner um, who understands business development and you know, I put in so much effort in the beginning and like, this is an idea from scratch. And then we realized the social benefit because there's a huge application for like special needs individuals. And so this is the one that stood out. But I mean, I, I've had like two or three that just like, I spent a bunch, you know, some money on and it's like, ah, I just don't want to spend time on this, you know? And that's what I was saying. Make sure you want to spend time on it for free. I love that's that. That's critical. Well, we're we're running out of time. You've already given some incredible insights. I got I got to ask you one thing. Uh, you mentioned you have 17, 17 month twins. Uh, so not just one. I have a seven month old, and she's so cute and amazing. But man, she is exhausting me. So I don't know how you've done it with twins. Talk to me a little bit about that work life balance. How's how's it been being a dad and also running not one but two businesses? Like I said, you have to delegate everything. 
like that's why you know in the mornings i wake up and i spend the mornings with them and then i come home i spend um you know an hour with them before they go to bed and then you know i have three hours to you know bang out any triple bristle stuff and then fridays i'm you know doing triple bristle all day and then throughout the weekend but you know with a pretty demanding uh hispanic wife and um all this other stuff, you know, it's absolutely critical to delegate and we have some help, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about, um, you know, I, I don't think that I would be doing any better if I had, did not have them. It's one of those things where like, you know, if you take a lot of classes in a semester and it's more credits, you actually do better mm. than like, if you don't, if you like just do two days a week and it's less amount of credits. Cause it's like, you're busy. So you have all the time you have is ultra productive. Cause you're like, I don't have time to like, you know, twiddle my thumbs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have this time for this. When I have this one hour, I have to like use this hour, like really use it, you know, no social media, no anything like get this deck done, do these mm -hmm. pitch presentations, all that. So, you know, time management, I think the busier you get, just the more productive you are with the time that you have. Well, let me ask you this. Will my baby ever sleep through the night? Yes, there's sleep training. <laughs> She's seven months. Uh, it's like super easy. There's a book called um, 12 Hours by 12 Weeks. And it's super easy. You just, you just reduce the amount of food you give them at night and uh, like slowly. And what ends up happening is they just eat more during the day. It's mm. not like you're starving your child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they stop waking up in the middle of the night. Like yeah. Mine were sleep trained by like four and a half months. But wow. we only did that because we're twins. Twins like, if you've never had twins, it's like if you've never had a child, it's like, what's it like being a parent? Like, no, 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 you can't describe it. Like, you have to do it, you know? What's it like having twins? Like, you have to understand. <laughs> understand you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Max, tell me, uh, I always like at the end of the show, I always like to give my guests an opportunity to uh, share a little bit about what people can do to, to learn more about your product, um, what they can do, especially with the holiday season, if they want to buy your product. Uh, what does that so look we like? Have for my listeners? An amazing, um, we have some amazing offers. We have a subscription offer. If you just want to try it, it's like less than 20 bucks and you try it and you can cancel anytime. But, you know, we ship you fresh brush heads every um, three months. Or, you know, we're on Amazon. We're on triplebristle.com. Um, everything we do is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So, you know, if three-sided brushing doesn't end up being for you, you know, that's fine. But we kind of make it completely risk-free. My thing is, you know, try it for five days. Go to your dental hygienist. See what she says. You, that's that's really when you'll become a believer, but um, you know it's one of those things that you don't know you're missing until you try it. So I really encourage everybody to give it a shot because you know next level gums and teeth. It's you know the benefits are just incredible. Great. Well, Max, it's been awesome having you on the podcast today. I appreciate you joining. Oh, thanks so much for for chatting. I I really had a good time. Great. Hey, for our listeners, definitely check out more triplebristle.com or you can find it on Amazon. It might be the perfect gift for this holiday season coming up. 
Uh, also, hey, if you enjoyed this episode and you're not subscribed to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so we can keep bringing you good advice wherever you are. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash advice to become a sponsor of the podcast. Hey, fam, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. See ya.